Millard J. Erickson wrote Christian Theology as an introductory systematic theology textbook, filling a gap he saw in the field for a suitable resource. In the book's third edition, Erickson aimed to address new turns in discussions on doctrines such as atonement, justification and divine foreknowledge. He revised and condensed earlier editions of the book, taking into account feedback from professors and students. The new edition aimed to be more accessible, while still covering the breadth of Christian doctrines. Erickson also aimed to include insights and address issues arising from the rapidly expanding Christian church in places such as Latin America, Eastern Europe, Africa and Asia. Though designed primarily for North American English-speaking students, Erickson hoped the book would be adaptable for use in different contexts. The book has been translated into many languages as a result. In this edition, Erickson was concerned about the increasing polarisation in evangelical Christianity and attempted to portray differing parties as fairly as possible, encouraging continued dialogue across the theological spectrum. He also addressed the need for systematic theology in light of the rise of postmodernist thought and emerging academic methodologies, asserting that it remains crucial for evangelical theologians to engage with such trends. Otherwise, their theologies risk becoming irrelevant. Finally, Erickson expressed gratitude for the guidance and support received throughout the book's development, especially from his wife Ginny, from colleagues and from their Lord. Also, religion is a complex and multifaceted concept, found in various forms throughout human history and across cultures. It generally involves beliefs in a higher power or force, distinctions between the sacred and secular, and a unique perspective on life and the world. Religion often includes a set of practices, attitudes and social dimensions connected to shared beliefs and commitments. Throughout history, different perspectives have emphasised certain aspects of religion, such as doctrines, beliefs, feelings or ethical actions. In Christianity, being a follower of Christ involves believing in Jesus' teachings, experiencing love and devotion, and living according to his commands. Various disciplines, including Christian theology, focus on examining and interpreting these beliefs and practices. Theology is a second-level activity that involves describing, analysing and organising the doctrines and beliefs of a religion. Different views of theology highlight pragmatic, subjective or cultural linguistic aspects. However, a more comprehensive understanding of religion and theology acknowledges that they involve the whole person, intellect, emotions and will. This approach allows for a richer, more complex view of human religions and aligns with the perspectives of early Christians and the Bible. Moreover, theology, in its most basic definition, is the study or science of God. However, since the Christian God is an active being, theology must also explore God's works and relationships, including his creation and interaction with humankind. A more comprehensive definition of theology is the discipline that aims to provide a coherent statement of Christian faith doctrines, primarily based on scriptures, contextualised in general culture, expressed in contemporary language, and connected to life issues. Five key aspects underpin the task of theology. Firstly, theology is biblical, drawing from the canonical Old and New Testaments and using the tools and methods of biblical research while considering God's general revelation. Secondly, theology is systematic, drawing from the entire Bible and attempting to relate the various portions into a harmonious and coherent whole. Thirdly, theology relates to general culture and learning, connecting its views to science, psychology, philosophy and other disciplines. Fourthly, theology must be contemporary, 
using language, concepts and thought forms that make sense in the present context. While addressing modern issues, theology must avoid distorting biblical material and should seek to engage in contemporary questions without becoming too attached to current issues. This approach helps prevent premature obsolescence. Finally, theology should be practical, relating to living rather than solely to belief. Christian faith provides assistance in practical concerns, and theology should attend to practical dimensions as a consequence rather than a primary focus. In this way, theology serves as a robust and dynamic discipline that seeks to provide a coherent and meaningful understanding of the Christian faith, rooted in the scriptures and engaged with contemporary culture and life issues. Furthermore, Erickson's locating systematic theology on the theological map aims to clarify the various meanings of the term theology and specifically define its usage within the context of systematic theology. The word theology is widely used and encompasses all subjects treated in a theological or divinity school, such as Old Testament, New Testament, church history, evangelism, missions and many more. A narrower sense of the word refers to endeavours that treat the specifically doctrinal character of the Christian faith, including biblical theology, historical theology, systematic theology and philosophical theology. Erickson differentiates theology from the history of the church as an institution, the interpretation of the biblical text or the theory and practice of ministry. He then narrows down the focus to the discipline of systematic theology within the wider category of theological subjects which will be the primary usage of the term theology in his work, unless otherwise stated. Systematic theology consists of various doctrines such as bibliology, anthropology, Christology and theology proper, or the doctrine of God. When referring to the doctrine of God, Erickson uses the expression doctrine of God to avoid confusion. In summary, Erickson seeks to explain that the term theology covers a wide range of disciplines and subjects, and specifically focuses on the systematic theology aspect, which deals with the doctrinal character of the Christian faith. In addition, systematic theology and biblical theology are closely related, with systematic theologians relying on the work and insights of exegetical scholars. There are three main senses of the term biblical theology. First, biblical theology refers to the movement that emerged in the 1940s, flourished in the 1950s, and declined in the 1960s. This movement had similarities with neo-Orthodox theology, but was criticised for its concepts and sometimes unbiblical nature. Second, biblical theology refers to the theological content of the Old and New Testaments, or the theology found within individual biblical books. There are two approaches to this definition, descriptive and normative biblical theology. Descriptive biblical theology is a simple presentation of the theological teachings of various biblical authors, while normative biblical theology isolates and presents unchanging biblical teachings that apply to all times. However, neither approach is considered systematic theology, as they do not attempt to contemporise or state these concepts in a way that is suitable for modern understanding. It has been suggested that biblical theology should move in this direction in the future. Third, Biblical theology refers to theology that is based on and faithful to the teachings of the Bible. In this sense, systematic theology of the right kind will be biblical theology. The goal is to create systematic biblical theology, or pure biblical theology contemporised. Systematic theologians draw on the work of biblical theologians to create biblical theology, which is the raw material used in systematic theology. 
This close relationship emphasises the importance of both systematic and biblical theology in understanding the doctrines and teachings of the Bible. Further, historical theology studies the systematic theologies held and taught by various theologians throughout the history of the Church. It can be organised in two major ways. A synchronic approach, which examines the theology of each successive century or major period of time, and a diachronic approach, which traces the history of thought regarding a given doctrine down through the periods of the Church's life. The former approach is generally termed the history of Christian thought, while the latter is often referred to as the history of doctrines. Systematic theologians find significant value in the study of historical theology as it makes us more self-conscious, self-critical and aware of our presuppositions. Studying the diverse interpretations and statements of theologians from different eras and cultures helps us recognise both alternative ways of approaching theological issues and the influence of culture on our thinking. The study of historical theology can also teach us how theologians throughout history have engaged in theological work, providing models and inspiration for our own activities. Figures like Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin and Augustine offer valuable insights into how we might engage with contemporary ideologies in expressing theological concepts. Furthermore, historical theology can provide a means of evaluating a particular idea or belief. History is theology's laboratory. Examining the implications and outcomes of previously held views can help us discern the potential effects of ideas we espouse or consider adopting. Certain ideas that may seem novel today have likely had precursors in the past. By understanding these historical ideas, we can learn from the past and avoid repeating its mistakes. As George Santayana noted, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. In examining our new ideas within the context of church history, we are likely to discover that they are actually new forms of old conceptions, as there is often nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1.9 Besides, systematic theology, an area that focuses on organising and integrating theological concepts into a coherent whole, often utilises philosophical theology to supplement and clarify its ideas. Philosophers and theologians alike recognise that philosophy can make three primary contributions to theology by one, providing content, two, defending or establishing its truth, and three, scrutinising its concepts and arguments. However, some theologians argue against philosophy, taking an overly prominent role in contributing to theology, as seen in Karl Barth's vigorous opposition to the first and second contribution types. Barth believed that theology should not be a mere philosophy of religion or natural theology. In contrast, the influential school of analytical philosophy mainly focused its work on the third contribution by scrutinising and clarifying theological concepts and arguments. This scrutiny is essential for theologians as it helps refine their understanding of terms and ideas and increases the clarity of their message. Philosophy can also fulfil the second function to a certain extent by weighing the truth claims made by theology and giving part of the rationale for accepting its message. In doing so, philosophy partly justifies the theologian's efforts. Finally, philosophy can contribute a minor role in understanding theological concepts by drawing from general revelation, which helps illuminate the special revelation found in the Bible. In this regard, philosophy assists theology by bringing further clarity and understanding to its concepts and teachings while maintaining a respectful and restricted scope of influence. Overall, systematic theology relies on philosophical theology to scrutinise its ideas, defend its truth claims, 
and provide a deeper understanding of the Bible's revelations. Additionally, Erickson argues that there is indeed a need for theology, as it is essential for a proper relationship between the believer and God and forming correct doctrinal beliefs. These beliefs may include God's existence, the deity of Jesus Christ, and Jesus' humanity, among others. Theology focuses on defining and establishing these correct beliefs, making them crucial for an individual's faith. Theology is also necessary because there is a connection between truth and experience. In the long run, the truth will impact one's experience, as it is the truth of the Christian faith that has the ultimate bearing on our lives, and we must confront it. Erickson asserts that a person's beliefs will eventually catch up with their experience, emphasising the importance of understanding and grappling with the truths of the Christian faith. Furthermore, theology is vital in the face of various alternatives and challenges in the modern world. Secularism, humanism, scientific methods and other religions continue to compete with Christianity in the Western civilization. Eastern religions and rapidly growing faiths, such as Islam, particularly among African-American males, present further challenges. Additionally, numerous quasi-religions and psychological self-help systems are advocated, while cults and contradictory teachings persist within Christianity as well. Erickson suggests that the solution to this confusion is not merely to identify false views, but to study authentic Christian doctrine to recognise counterfeits. Correctly understanding doctrinal teachings is crucial in navigating the chaos created by various competing beliefs. This way, theology serves as an essential tool to establish correct beliefs, connect truth with experience, and address the challenges and alternatives emerging in the modern world. Also, theologians face a dilemma in developing a systematic treatment of Christian theology. Should they start with the idea of God, or with the nature and means of our knowledge of God? Starting with God raises questions about how meaningful statements can be made about God without having examined the nature of revelation about him. Meanwhile, starting with the source of revelation, like the Bible, assumes the existence of God. This dilemma is similar to the problem of priority in philosophy. Traditional theologies often begin with a discussion of God before considering the nature of scripture, such as Augustus Hopkins' strong systematic theology, which claims that the idea of God is a rational intuition. Thomas Aquinas, on the other hand, relies on empirical evidence to prove God's existence. Both approaches have their problems, such as the identity of the God whose existence has been established, as well as deciding what revelation and scripture are like without first considering the nature of God. Instead of choosing between God and the Bible, it may be more fruitful to presuppose both as part of a basic thesis, then proceed to develop knowledge that flows from this thesis and assess the evidence for its truth. This approach has been followed by a number of conservatives who desire a propositional revelation of God without first providing a natural theology proof for his existence, resulting in a manageable theological system that can be tested for truth and validated. Moreover, theology has long been debated in terms of whether it can be considered a science or not. Historically, Augustine preferred to associate the term wisdom with theology instead of knowledge, since wisdom was related to eternal matters, such as God, while science dealt with temporal things. Thomas Aquinas believed theology to be nobler and more certain than other sciences, as it is based on divine knowledge and deals with subject matters that transcend human reason. However, as natural science developed, the criteria for being considered a science became more stringent, emphasising sense experience, observation and experimentation. If these criteria are followed strictly, 
theology cannot be considered a science, since it deals with supersensible objects. Theology faces a dilemma. Either redefine itself to fit the criteria of science, or claim uniqueness, and surrender its claim to being a science and knowledge. Karl Barth argued for theology's autonomy, stating that it is a science because, one, it is a human effort after a definite object of knowledge, two, it follows a definite self-consistent path to knowledge, and three, it is accountable to itself and to everyone capable of effort after this object, and hence of following this path. Theology must be considered as scientific if traditional criteria for knowledge are accepted. It has a definite subject matter to investigate, deals with objective matters, has a definite methodology, has a method for verifying its propositions, and there is coherence among its propositions. Theology also shares common ground with other sciences, including being subject to basic principles, communicability, and employing methods and subject matter from other specific disciplines. Yet theology also has its unique status, as it deals with unique objects or common objects in a unique way, often in relation to God or divine revelation. Last but not least, the question of why the Bible should be considered the primary source and criterion for understanding Christian theology or Christianity calls for a closer analysis of the nature of Christianity. Christianity is not an institution, it is a movement that follows Jesus Christ. We must look to Jesus to state what is to be believed and what is to be done. In short, what constitutes being a Christian. However, we have very little information outside the Bible regarding what Jesus taught and did. Assuming that the Gospels are reliable sources of historical information, we must turn to them for reports of Jesus' life and teaching. The books that Jesus endorsed, that is, those now referred to as the Old Testament, must also be regarded as further sources of our understanding of Christianity. If Jesus taught that additional truth was to be revealed, that too should be examined. The position that Jesus himself proposed in founding the movement is determinative, not what may be said and taught by others who at some later point may call themselves Christians. There are limits to how much a movement can change without forfeiting the right to bear the founder's name. To be truly biblical does not mean repeating the words of scripture precisely as they were written. It involves interpreting, paraphrasing, analysing and resynthesizing the materials, applying them to specific situations. In making the Bible the primary or supreme source of our understanding, we are not completely excluding all other sources. In particular, if God has also revealed himself in general ways in areas such as nature and history, we may examine these for additional clues to understanding the principal revelation. However, these sources should be considered secondary to the Bible. To sum up, Erickson's Christian Theology is an introductory systematic theology textbook that addresses various doctrines and discusses new turns in areas such as atonement, justification and divine foreknowledge. The third edition is a revised and condensed work, aiming to be more accessible while still covering the breadth of Christian doctrines. The book focuses on systematic theology, which involves describing, analysing and organising the doctrines and beliefs of Christianity. Theology, in its most basic definition, is the study or science of God. This discipline seeks to provide a coherent statement of Christian faith doctrines based on scriptures and connected to life issues. Systematic theology consists of various doctrines such as bibliology, anthropology, Christology and theology proper, the doctrine of God. It involves integrating and organising theological concepts into a coherent whole, 
often utilising philosophical theology to supplement and clarify ideas. Systematic theology is closely related to biblical theology, which has three main senses. The movement that emerged in the mid-20th century, the theological content of the Old and New Testaments, and theology that is based on and faithful to the teachings of the Bible. Historical theology also plays an important role in understanding the development of doctrines over time, presenting opportunities to learn from past mistakes and appreciate alternative approaches to theological issues. Some questions in theology involve the relationship between science and the nature of knowledge. Is theology itself a science, or does it fall within the realm of wisdom? Various historical figures, such as Augustine and Thomas Aquinas, have grappled with this issue, and the debate continues in contemporary discussions. The Bible is considered the primary source and criterion for Christian theology, providing essential information about Jesus' teachings and actions. As Christianity is a movement that follows Jesus Christ rather than an institution, the Bible serves as a guide for understanding and implementing Jesus' teachings in different contexts. In conclusion, Erickson's Christian theology seeks to provide a comprehensive understanding of the Christian faith, rooted in the scriptures and engaged with contemporary culture and life issues. The book emphasises the importance of systematic theology, biblical theology and historical theology, in exploring and interpreting Christian doctrines and beliefs, while also addressing challenges and alternatives arising in the modern world.